The thing that didn't happen for me was I didn't make that shift in my own identity of being an owner-operator, a chiropractor, a caregiver, to becoming the CEO of a business, of the business. And because I didn't have that shift, I was, I was literally crisscrossed. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. So uh, you can see we're uh, in a different location. We're sitting in studio because this is a studio weekend. Dr. Pete and I are coming off of a, just a hardcore copywriting marathon and filming, we're shooting um, VSLs for uh, a Remarkable CEO initiative. Uh, so, Dr. Pete, Thanks, great man. Work, it's great, great work. I'll tell you, it's, I never knew the amount of work that goes into producing any form of copy or any videos, the amount of lift and work that goes into it. And I think it's amazing because when you think about becoming a chiropractor and all the years that you had to put into studying, right, you kind of forget that, like the amount of energy and effort that goes into producing yeah. anything of value. And, you know, we have patients that come in and say things like, oh, I don't know if I believe in chiropractic or I'll go check with my doctor. You're like, oh, my gosh, if you knew all the steps that had to happen for me to even get here and for you to get here, it's uh, it's crazy. But I, I, what I do is I appreciate it. I'm appreciating more the effort, energy, work, the focus, the time, energy that goes into producing anything. I'm excited about what we created today, Dr. Stevie. I don't know if we uh, can talk about it, but, uh, you know, we had a chance to, you know, spend some time over the past couple weekends working, you know, being out in chiropractic world. You know, we were in ChiroFest, we've been in, you've yep. been in Michigan, and we, so we've had some amazing yep. opportunities to rub shoulders with our brothers and sisters. And the cool thing is we've been getting just awesome feedback, people loving our podcast. So if you're listening to our podcast, so grateful to be a part of this with you, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, everybody. So um, I wanted to double-click on uh, just one concept that we sort of teased out of our copywriting today was when we talked about um, yeah, we have our tagline of it's about having a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. And I just want to make sure that that, that it doesn't just live like that. It's not just a tagline. It's a premise for everything that we're doing, right? So, yeah. And what we just sort of distilled down was in order to accomplish that, two very specific changes need to be made by a chiropractor, right? So we've identified, number one, you got to take your job and turn it into a business. And number two, uh, you've, you've got to make this identity shift yourself. You've got to go from being the owner operator to being the CEO, right? So um, I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to just um, tell our stories because, you know, a lot of people listening, they don't know, you know, they don't know your story. Probably a lot of them don't know mine. Um, I think it's the perfect way for us uh, to just demonstrate what does that mean when you go from having a job uh, to having a business. Yeah, I mean, the lens I, I came from a family myself. My dad was a business owner, a small business, property and casualty, life insurance type stuff. And, you know, I remember, you know, before I became a chiropractor, he was basically telling me he didn't love what he did. Uh, and he said his only advice to me before going to college was find something that you love to do. Yep. I think I think he enjoyed being a business owner. I think he enjoyed that element, which is interesting that this is going to come full circle for this conversation. I think he really loved being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. I don't think he found the work that he loved to do, but he loved the idea of being a business owner. I think he felt a little bit, um, you know, out of sorts in his work. He was trained as an accountant. That was what his degree was in college. And um, he didn't necessarily use that, but he said that to me. And so, 
you know, for me, my, my career as a business owner started by watching my dad and me going into his office when he when I was younger and doing mailings for him and things like that. And, um, you know, I learned that, you know, in order to pull a business off and make this happen, it requires, you know, a lot of people, a lot of work and a lot of hours. My dad put a lot of hours in, missed a lot of our, yeah. you know, games, a lot of our things growing up. None of this really registered for me as a kid, yeah. really. I mean, some kids probably it does. For me, it didn't. Yeah. I was focused on playing sports and playing with my friends and right. just having fun and, you know, when I finally got serious about, you know, being a, a professional of some sort, you know, I was looking for a job, something that I would actually love to do, like my dad advised me. I'm so glad I found chiropractic. The thing that is, you know, the, the, the awakening that we talk about, those two steps is you go to undergrad, I became an occupational therapist. A lot of people don't know that. There was a point in time in my career, I was the only licensed occupational therapist and chiropractor in the United States. There was no other chiropractor who was also an occupational Very therapist. Very cool, I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. it's cool. Very cool. So my, my experience in getting into chiropractic was two, two real parts. One was my brother Jonathan's sickness growing up. People say, well, how did you become a chiropractor? And a lot of people are like, well, I, I hurt my knee or my back playing football or ice hockey or something. For me, it was my brother, him going through uh, all sorts of health conditions. He had asthma, he had allergies, he had headaches. And, um, you know, the traditional medical path was the path that my parents went. They didn't know anything different. That's what we grew up with, so that's right. what we knew. Right, right. Uh, so I remember specifically, uh, one of my jobs growing up was doing the dishes. We would we would do it week on, week off of dishes. So I was on the dishes, and I remember, um, you know, we would unload the dishwasher oftentimes and then load the dishwasher. So I remember unloading the dishwasher, and it, it, the, the sink was here, the dishwasher to the right, and I remember the cabinet just to the right above the dishwasher is where we put the cups and the glasses. And I remember unloading the top rack of the dishwasher, putting the cups and glasses, and on the door, when you open the door of that cabinet, it was the days of the week, and it was all my brother Jonathan's medications. So here, my bro- here I am in high school, my brother's in high school, and here's a list of all the drugs that my brother was taking. Right. The problem was, he wasn't getting any better. My mom and dad wanted my brother to get healthy. What parent wants to see their kid suffer? None. And I remember watching my brother get just sicker and sicker and sicker. He got a full scholarship to Seton Hall University and as a very good school, and he got a full academic scholarship to go there. And after his first semester of his freshman year of college, he dropped out because he was so sick he couldn't go. My parents ended up taking him to Mexico uh, to what's called the Gershon Institute, which is where people who are suffering with cancer go for natural health solutions. We were advised to go there, long story short, come back to U.S., and he's doing all this natural things, enemas and juicing and eating healthy and going to the chiropractor. Yep. Well, this opened my eyes to this uh, concept of health, real health and real healing and healthcare. Because I watched my brother suffer for 10 years going what's what we would call as chiropractors, the traditional allopathic medical route. Yep. And then I watched his life get transformed and saved within a year going more of a vitalistic route, including chiropractic care and focusing on his nutrition and his health and detoxification. And so... With that experience for me, that was my launch into my career. I just didn't know if I had the chops to go to school that long because yeah. I didn't know if I wanted to. Coming out of high school, I was kind of like, I don't know what, what's for me. My mom really encouraged me uh, that I should pursue an education. But I was like, I don't want to waste time and money not knowing what I want to do. And thankfully, my brother went through that experience and I watched it. And I was like, you know what? Becoming a chiropractor might be cool. Yeah. So uh, that was really where my career began. So uh, that was really where my career began. Well, God lights our path with people, right? Yep. So that's interesting. The combination of your brother and his experience of chiropractic kind of shine, shine a lot on what you wanted to do. And I can really relate to your story with your dad when you're talking about, you know, growing up watching your dad as an, 
as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, he, he found himself in a place where he loved to be an entrepreneur, but wasn't necessarily the field. He wasn't passionate about the field, but yeah. passionate about being an entrepreneur, right? So I think I got my first taste of what it meant to be a, a business owner when we were in first college and then undergrad, uh, undergrad and then in uh, at chiropractic school. So I started a window cleaning company. And, uh, you know, my, my stories of the window cleaning, uh, my window cleaning career, I think at this point are infamous. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was really where I got my start as an entrepreneur. That's where I really f- learned, I think, that I loved owning businesses and running businesses. And uh, I got my first taste of building a team and creating systems and really what it meant to um, deliver value for people and create value and capture value. And uh, for, for, you know, for me, just spending time on a ladder uh, in the sun in Atlanta, you know, uh, I was spent more time at 40 feet uh, in the sun in Atlanta washing windows than I did on the ground or in class, <laughs> you know, some people would say, uh, in the heat. Uh, and it just made me realize that I do. I love being an entrepreneur. I love owning a business, but I don't love washing windows, right? So yeah. it made me study harder. It made me appreciate what I was going to do, you know, working with people and helping people in the future. But I definitely got my chops as a business owner um, hiring the students. I mean, it was amazing. It was my roommate and I started the business uh, because we were bartending at the time uh, and we were staying out until three o'clock in the morning. And it was so incongruent with what we were learning around health and wellness uh, that we just couldn't, I couldn't keep that up anymore. I had fallen in love with Camilla. I needed to get out of the bar scene, right? So, but I needed to make some cash to pay for school, pay for rent and life. So I needed something that we'd be able to make good money. So we started this window washing service service where in Atlanta, they have all these subdivisions, right? So you could really efficiently flyer an entire neighborhood, you know, two, 300 homes. And hopefully one of them would call you to wash their windows. So we do one house on a Saturday, that'd be rent money. And then one house on a Sunday would be beer money, <laughs> right? Nice. So uh, we got busy enough whereby, you know, by the time I graduated, we, ha- we had two trucks going. We had, I had hired like eight of the students my, I'd moved my brother down to manage my company uh, he, after he finished uh, at Boston College and then two of my cousins to manage my crews. Uh, and we were doing two houses a day, 14 houses a week. We had like 600 clients. Uh, and, uh, you know, long story short, uh, my brother took over the company when I, when I left to, um, to go north to start our practice. Uh, but he did such great things with something that we had started. We laid down a good foundation, right? Yeah. It was good systems. It was good culture, great work ethic. Uh, my brother's a very hard worker, very smart, smart guy. I'm super proud of him. Uh, he had since diversified. We had started to get into window film and tinting windows and, and doing buildings and commercial work. Um, fast forward, he's the largest 3M window film dealer in the world now. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the company's uh, doing a million a month. And he's done the Vatican and the White House for as, as clients. So, I mean, the, he's done just awesome things. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those stories. It's like, that's where we first got our business chops. Yeah. And I pulled so much out of that experience and brought that into the practice. Uh, you know, I, I've got an ebook that I wrote called Everything I Needed to Know to Be a Successful That's Chiropractor. Awesome. I learned why. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is really great for us to talk about this because as a listener, as you're, as you're hearing our story, we had no idea we were going to talk about that. I had no idea you were going to say that. You didn't know my story. Yeah. We don't know your story either. Yeah. One of the things I would encourage you to do as you're listening to this is get, go back to your roots. Go back to the, the roots of your entrepreneurial journey. You know, as a chiropractor, you know, most chiropractors, if you raise your hand on the first day of chiropractic school, they said, yeah, everybody goes around and announce who you are and why you're here. It's like, well, I want to help people. 
Yeah, but did you realize that by helping people, you're going to have to start a business? Like, that's just not, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was opposed to starting a business. I had this idea, like, ah, I'll have a business. But, but the idea of it and, it and the actual having a business yeah. and then succeeding in business, those are wildly different things. Yeah, people don't understand. It's yeah. two careers. You yeah. know, you're literally signing up for, you know, you sign up for chiropractic school and at least the way it used to be taught, it was you were signing up to be a caregiver. You wanted to take care of patients. Right. You wanted to take care of people. You wanted to be a chiropractor, deliver adjustments, educate the patients, love on people, right? Create relationships uh, and be a doctor. But you are signing up for being an entrepreneur and being a business owner as well, which is a separate. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that career. because I remember when I was doing my um, subacute rounds as an occupational therapist when I was finishing up my undergrad, I was working under uh, an occupational therapist. I actually had come here from uh, Africa. And there was a couple other occupational therapists, physical therapists, medical doctors, all part of our team. And, you know, we have the multidisciplinary team and we do these meetings and we do our rounds. I was working in a rehab center, mostly with like people that had hip replacements, things like that, who had a stroke. And I remember meeting with the team and I remember right when I was finishing up, I had to do a presentation to, uh, to everyone there as to get credit for my grad, to graduate. And I remember them, like we had like a little party afterwards when I was leaving and they said, you know, one day you're going to own a hospital. I just remember them saying that. But what I think they were telling me was, this is an identity that I didn't realize about myself was caregiver was a part of my skill set, but being, you know, a leader uh, was probably a, a more glaring skill set that I had. Yeah. I didn't realize that till years and years being in practice, being a chiropractor, right. I realized I loved being a caregiver. But what I really loved was making sure that people got taken care of. I liked creating an environment for caregiving. Right? I loved the idea of the team and building a team and equip, putting great people in so we could take great care of people. I just didn't necessarily fit the mold of being the caregiver only, which is interesting because there's a lot of chiropractors who that is what their, their gifting is, their strength is. And you should be that. Right. Absolutely. And I, and you, we've had years, decades of being able to be caregivers, right? Right. But ultimately, what the evolution of our process was, going back to what we started with, which was the transition that had to happen was to go from being the owner-operator, caregiver, to becoming the CEO, caregiver only, to becoming the CEO meant there's more caregivers that got to come yeah. in. Yeah. There's more of them. Like, we just can't. And then that means you had to become a leader, right? right? You really, you went from being the, the entrepreneur who could start a business, hey, I'm washing windows, to we got two trucks. So now we're global business. We're right. doing... People, big, big things change. Scale, yeah. Hire people. Big, big things change. Yeah. 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 So. Creating early signs of durability when I didn't have to be there at those two houses, washing one side and saying, right. exactly. couldn't be two houses at the same time. Right. Yeah. And you know, what was interesting is in retrospect, it's like, I think when I started a practice and I chose to become a chiropractor, owning a business or being a business owner at that point in my, in my mind, I knew I wanted to own my own business. But at that age, at my maturity level at that point, what that meant was I'm not going to work for somebody else. Right. Right. Which is different than owning a business. Right. right. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a totally different attitude around I'm going to become a chiropractor, which is cool because then I don't have to work for anybody else. I can own my own business. Yeah. You know what? That's probably table stakes for starting a business. Right. But that's probably just enough rope to hang yourself. Right. Well, you, next thing you know, you get into this environment where you've got extraordinary responsibilities. Right. There's, there's the, the, the facets of responsibility that come with owning a business, especially when you start taking care of people, start hiring other people. Yeah. Right. So if you start bringing other paraprofessionals in, et cetera, uh, it's extraordinary. Like there's a, there's an entirely next level of skill set. 
and identity that comes with actually owning a business, not just working for yourself, yeah. right? Not just working for yourself. Uh, you know, there's an element of this that I think should be a standalone segment, right? So we should do an episode just on this conversation. And that's in, in, in chiropractic, in our profession as an industry, I think we've really done our industry and our chiropractors a disservice by yoking chiropractors with the belief, the limiting belief that you actually have to own a practice, you have to own a business, you have to actually have to be the business owner, practice owner in order to be a successful chiropractor. Yeah. And I can, I think that that that's actually played out in our career and it's played out in our profession. You see yeah. it across the board. And I and I dare I say that very often we speak to associate doctors or we speak about associate doctors or associate doctors might actually self-identify as almost like a second class citizen. And I say that with all due respect. I think it's, uh, it's a, it's inaccurate. And I right. think it's a terrible dynamic. That's the natural fruit of saying, if to be a successful chiropractor, you actually have to be the practice owner right. and own the own your own business. And, you know, it's been my experience and working with a thousand other doctors that actually those doctors that recognize that as a business owner, as a CEO, it's, it's their job to create an environment where doctors can be successful. So yeah. they can be the doctor, the business owner, the clinic director, the CEO, but the CEO at their best is creating an environment where caregivers can be more successful. They yeah. can actually focus on taking care of patients, educating and adjusting, creating value, delivering value. And the the most successful CEOs that I see recognize that and they lift, they edify, yeah. recognize, and really reward those caregivers and they start collecting great caregivers. Yeah, I mean, here's now the thing. I started as an associate, right, in, in practice. I, I think you so did, did as I. well. Yeah, so we, so we I have complete yeah, so. uh, honor and respect. Actually, I started as a CA. Technically, I started as a front desk CA, then a tech CA. So I was a check-in CA, I was a tech CA, then I was a intern, and then I was an associate, then I was a business owner, then I was a CEO, and now I'm you know, coaching and consulting. So you, wear, you walk through all of this, the hats and the, the journey, but w- what I'm saying is that you know, it was, it's an absolutely beautiful season to be in. You know, and then when you look at other professions, if you look at the medical profession, my brother, he's a medical doctor. You know, and he works in a practice and he has an amazing job. He's an amazing caregiver. I don't think it's on his mind like that he's a less of a doctor because he works in a group with other doctors, right? right. It, it, it's so I, I think it's like dentists, right. the same thing. Right. A lot of dentists are running in practices. Right. Now, some are the, they're going off and doing their own thing. And that's probably more similar to the chiropractic side. But 85% of dentists all work corporate. 85% of dentists graduating go into the corporate space. And 15% who don't, I would, if you examine those analytics, I bet the majority of that 15% is going to go work with their parent, their father, their mother, their sister, their brother, or somebody that they're moving into a family. Nobody's starting a two and a half million dollar, right. you know, dental suite with their $750,000 or the debt. And chiropractic lags dentistry by about 10 to 12 years in industry trends. So what we're seeing is chiropractic's following suit. You know, yeah. chiropractors are graduating school, recognizing that maybe the next best move for me, the next step should be, let me go join a group and let's work in a practice. You know, for some of you, you might be like, no, 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 I'm part of that 30 percentile that should go off and actually start yeah. my own practice. And, and this is where the remarkable CEO comes in, because I'll tell you, if you're an associate doctor, the last thing you want to do is work for a not a, a, one who is not a remarkable CEO. <laughs> right. Like if, if you are working for an owner-operator, that can be really painful. Yeah. Uh, why? Well, because if you look at the characteristics and the problems that 
the, the classic owner-operator is typically they're in a build phase of their career. Now, technically they've scaled because you have an associate, but they haven't made the, pan, the transition of the identity shift, right? So I shift from being a uh, owner-operator to becoming a CEO. That was my story, you know, of, you know, I had a big successful practice, right? Whatever success means to you, right? Because you, def- you determine your definition of success. But to me, I had achieved the definition of success that I set out for myself or that other people influenced me to say was success. Huge volume, big money, big you know, team, and we were making an impact in our community, which to me, I actually would say that is success. Right. You're helping a lot of people. We had a great brand in our community. We had a huge team. We were interns. We were bringing those from his schools and they were sending them into practices. We were bringing associates in yeah. and sending them to open practices. We were training. We were doing all these amazing things. But when in a vacuum, in, in you a vacuum. were very right. successful. Right. And, and so when I faced a crisis, let's call it, in my family, my wife, and we became pregnant with our fourth child, you know, my, my wife, Mary, we got, she got sick in all her pregnancies, but increasingly sick with all of that. Right. And, and so by the fourth child, like she was in the bed all day, every day for the, you know, six months. Done. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, it, and it was three other children at home, you know, and so we don't live near family or anything. So it was, I had a choice to make. So I chose, I had associates and team. So I chose to go home and be with my family, turn the practice over to the team and the associates. Uh, and the practice just slowly just started to shrink, right? The contract. volume shrink, contract, right? The, the collections. And I'm sitting there watching it from taking care of my family. And, you know, every emotion you can imagine was going through my mind and my heart during that time, you know? Uh, fight or flight, you know, constantly in that state of fight or flight. And, you know, I struggled with that for months and months and months and months and months. And when we had the, the baby and successful pregnancy, you know, Mary was healthy through it. She ended up, you know, delivering an amazing pregnancy of my fourth son and fourth born and my son, Ryder. And, uh, you know, I remember two weeks after he was born, I went back into practice, like more full time, right? I was yep. going back full time. And I had to make a decision. Was I going to go back being the owner operator? Or was I going to make a shift? I just didn't know what it was, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know this concept of becoming a CEO. I had no idea of it. I didn't see my dad do it. I, I didn't grow up getting in like a corporate office. I didn't know anything about, if you told me what a CEO is, I would think probably some corporate definition of CEO. Right. I didn't know what it would mean to be a CEO of a small business, a chiropractic business as a chiropractor. What does that even mean? Right. Like it did, and when I looked at my mentors, I looked at other people in the profession, I, did, I saw no none models. of it. I saw nothing. Yeah. So it was really just this desert. We didn't even meet each other till afterwards. We had both had the same epiphanies Experience. and discoveries. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, thank God that we did. And thank, I, I thank God for every step of the journey. But man, it was difficult at that time. Yeah, brutal. Because you had to make a choice at that point. It's like, should I go running back in and be the hero and rescue the situation and go go back to what you knew, which was being the owner-operator, like uh, the Navy SEALs always teach, you don't do what, when when the pressure's on, and the heat gets turned up, you don't do what you know, you do what you trained on, right? So you revert back to what you trained on. So the heat was up on you and the pressure was on and you could have just gone right back in there and jumped right back into that owner-operator role, which of course you didn't have that title on that at that point, but it was brute force. It was like, just put it back on me, guys. I'll get it and let me get this thing back up off the ground yep. and just everybody get around me and support me while I do all the work again, right? So that was instinct. Yes. But innately, you knew, you know what? This is not sustainable. 
This yeah. is, this is, I don't want to do this again. I'm just going to be propagating the same problem. Uh, and you made a shift, right? So now we've put language to it. You made the shift from being the owner operator operating on brute force to becoming the CEO who knows to use leverage to run the business. Yeah. And by leverage, I mean leveraging other people, leveraging systems and. Yeah. I think it's so, so important because I was what you may say on the fence, right? Because, because I had hired associates, I felt like I had a business. And I did have a business, right? Because I was gone for six months and my business ran with me there 50% or more less of the time. Yeah. I mean, that's a major shift. When you go from 100% of the time there to less than 50% of the time there, that's a pretty significant, for yeah. six months. Right. And the practice did continue, right? It didn't, it didn't, it didn't end. It, we right. didn't close our doors. Um, but what, what I realized now as we talk about it was I was splitting the fence because I had, I had turned my, uh, my job into a business because I had hired associate yeah. doctors who could be caregivers and caretakers. Yeah. So I, I did step one and, and I think I did a, I did an okay job of it. I, if I go back and call all those doctors, cause they're all great people. I still have a great relationship with yeah. them. I can call them now and talk to them. The thing that didn't happen for me was I didn't make that shift in my own identity of being an owner operator, a chiropractor, a caregiver to becoming the CEO of a business of the business. And because I didn't have that shift, I was literally crisscrossed. Yeah. It's crisscross. And you're. It was a straddle strategy. Yeah. It's you, a dip, you, were, yeah. you were, you were, you had swum, you were in the middle of the lake, right? You middle had, of the lake. You had, you had, you, you weren't just standing on the shore trying to make a decision. Do I swim out into the middle of the lake? Yeah. Um, you actually hired the associate. You're now in the middle of the lake, yeah. right? And now you're just treading water. Uh, and so many docs find themselves there. It's just like they do that one big step that takes you from a job to a business. They hire an associate, right? Yeah. Or multiple associates, but they themselves don't make that shift from the owner operator identity to that of the CEO. And why is that so important? It's because your perspective changes, yeah. right? Your lens changes and therefore your decision making process changes. Your behaviors change just like what happened. I mean, you had your fifth child. Yeah. So that's, the, the, that's, that's what I love about. The journey that I've been on is because we've been able to test it multiple times with starting new businesses and having more babies. So <laughs> when, when we went through the getting pregnant with number five. Is yeah. that what you call them? Do you call them number four and number five or did you actually give them? Oh my gosh. So yes, they have wonderful names. So this is Jordan. So when we got pregnant with Jordan. Um, I don't know why I'm saying it that way, but uh, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> no. He's not number five. He's Jordan. Uh, when we got pregnant His with T-shirt has a five on it. Yeah, exactly. When we got when we got pregnant with Jordan, that was the worst of all the pregnancies. We thought we thought it couldn't get worse than four. Yeah, we really didn't. Yeah, five was like hold my beer. to be hospitalized <laughs> level oh, of of sickness, and and so it was like all hands on deck, and I I was there, and we had four other children, you know. Right. As young as you know, two years old. One, you know, and so there was school, and there was sports, and there was piano lessons, right. and there's all this oh, yeah. stuff. And so I, I, but here's the cool thing. So because I had made the transition from owning a job to owning a business, and I'd worked on that for several years, and then I had spent the last two years or whatever going from the owner operator to becoming the CEO, and I was, I was really working on mastering that pivot and that transition, and that identity. That when it happened. I, I just stepped right into it and my team stepped right up to it and everybody moved into position. Yeah. And it was awesome because my business grew during that time. Right. We actually opened, uh, you know, we, we, we expanded our business during that time. I'll just say that. Right. And so that is an amazing thing that we could have 
we have that testimony to say, but the key was that those both those shifts had to happen. Yeah. That's how I was able to have an amazing experience of that fifth pregnancy. And, you know, this is probably for a different podcast in a different ap- episode, but, um, you know, we talked about earlier today, we talked about that two-step process is actually represented on the Rubik's Cube, right? So as you go from, you know, the, what we're talking about right now, that owner-operator role to the CEO role, the things that shift are really, it's a sort of an inside-out process initially, right? It's the vision, you know, that vision of what exactly you were creating, what did success look like for you, it shifted, right? Yeah. It changed it. You had to, you go through this maturation, this next iteration of what the vision of success was when you decided, I need to go from being an owner operator to being a CEO. What does that mean? And what does that look like? Because my, my environment's changing. My dynamics changing. I went from four kids to five kids that my family needs me to be able to leave here. Right. So vision of success changed. And then you had total clarity around that. And then the next one is leadership, right? The next side of Rubik's Cube is leadership. And you had to be able to not only have the clarity yourself, you had to be able to successfully convey that clarity right. to your team, right? So they've got to be able to see what success looks like and what their role is in manifesting that success, right? Yeah. And then that third side is actually the sixth side of the Rubik's Cube, which is energy. That's the CEO's job. You're the chief energy officer, the CEO, which is to harness your team's energy, right? Yeah. You need to be able to collect and direct your team's energy and as you're pulling out and saying, hey, guys, for the next six months, I'm going halftime. Right. Everybody's got to be able to drop into their roles. And you've got to be able to tell them, this is what's important now. And this is what's important next. All of that has to happen. And it can't be happening in a panic. Yeah. And, and you know, here's the amazing the thing. You don't have to be perfect. Because I remember doing a one-on-one with one of my CAs, uh, my checkout CA. And I remember, I remember doing a one-on-one with her. And she got emotional with me. Because she realized that um, she... Just to be real frank, she knew that God sent her to work with me because she knew that she needed to be there so I could be there for my wife. Like she had a real heart for my family. I remember she got emotional in our, in our one-to-one because she was saying how much she loved the fact that she was able to support me so I could support my family. I'll tell you, that lifted a bit of a burden off of me. Because, yeah. you know, there's times you're like, well, I'm just going to show up and do this because I, I just want to make sure nobody feels bad because I'm not here. She was like, no, I, we are here so you can be there. Yeah. Like that, that's an A player, one element of an A player who truly understands the vision, right? right. You talked about the vision. Right. I had the vision. I got the new vision. I had a vision of me as a C, uh, an owner-operator, chiropractor, caregiver, what we like to talk about the, uh, you know, the, the savior chiropractor, you know, the Clydesdale perfectionist. That was, that was me, right? Brute force. And she went through that season with me. She experienced what it was like to work with Dr. Pete that way. And then she watched me go through the transitions. And when the, the fifth pregnancy happened, I remember she was just so supportive and so on board. And she almost pushed me out the door. My team almost pushed me out the door because they knew, okay, this is what has to happen. We've got this. They were clear and they We've got this. Yeah, Yeah, and because that they've been trained up. And we can get into that in a different way. I I love that we are able to see the six sides of the Rubik's Cube uh, of your business through the two transitions that are critical, which I can't wait to dive into. So yeah, that's a, let's, let's do another episode on that. So, you know, we can talk about taking your job and turning it into a business through the other three sides as the, the lens is, you know, to go job to business, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you have your systems dialed, right? So systems have to be defined, right? That third side of the Rubik's Cube. And then the fourth side of the Rubik's Cube, of course, people to run those systems and not just people bodies, the right people, commitment to surrounding yourself with the right people. 
so you can put them in the right role, doing the right work the right way, right? Yeah. And then it's training, right? It's investing and training and developing and equipping your people, yeah. right? Which we often say is the best ROI you could possibly have Absolutely. as a business owner. All right, Dr. Beat, awesome, great conversation. Uh, I think you gave everybody some true insight. This is part one. Everybody join us for part two. We'll talk about taking your job and turning it into a business. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.